0: You are listening to the Crossing Anchor Podcast in Detroit, Michigan. So glad to have you with us today. If this encourages you or helps, please share the word and bless others as well. Let's start with today's content. Hey, church. So glad to have you joining us this weekend here online. Welcome to Cross and Anchor. My name is Josh, I'm the lead pastor, and on behalf of our entire team, we just wanna say so glad that you're with us today. It wouldn't be the same without you. Also, if you're joining us and you're new and you'd like to connect, we would love to connect with you. So make sure in the chat to fill out the connect card. There will be a link that gets put up And, you know, watching these uh, services is one thing, but actually being a part of them, actually being engaged and getting connected, that's a whole different thing. And we would love for you to be able to get to know what's happening here and for us to be able to get to know you. This is going to be a really exciting Sunday. I'm Super pumped about this message that I'm going to share, um, but also have some very exciting things to talk about. We've been in this series, and we're finishing it today, called The House That He Builds. The House That He Builds. This message series has uh, gone for seven different weekends, seven different messages from uh, guest pastors, as well as myself, and we've been talking and exploring what is it that makes Cross and Anchor Church unique? What is our DNA as a church? And I think it's so vital for us to understand that, especially moving forward into what God has for us. And today, not only do I want to give a message that is about one of the things that we are all about, but I also want to be able to tell you the core values of our church, our DNA. These are things that have existed, but have never been spelled out up until this point. Uh, you know, one of the hardest things that you can ever do in life is to figure out who you are. Like knowledge of yourself, true knowledge of yourself is some of the hardest, if not the hardest knowledge to come by. And as a church, sometimes you have to figure out a little bit who you are as well. You know, self knowledge, it's a huge industry. I mean, think about the Enneagram, right? It's like the most popular thing that's ever existed because people are so hungry to figure out who they are. You know th- think about artistry and, and people who create, and a lot of what they're doing is trying to reflect who they are. Well, through these core values, I hope to express what it is that I feel that God has called us to be as cross and anchor church. And it's taken a while to come up with these because, sometimes you have to like stub your toe against something so that you know that it's there. Has that ever happened to you? Like you're walking around your house, it's dark and then you hit your knee or you hit your leg on something and you're like, yeah. Well, sometimes culture is like that. Like like you don't know that it exists until you do something that violates it or you do something that causes you to recognize that there's something there. And when you bump up against it, it actually hurts. Culture is like this invisible thing. And then when you put language to it, what you're doing is, is you're spelling it all out. Sometimes you, just, you literally need to spell some things out. And so these core values are who we are as a church. Now, I do want to differentiate, too, that this is not the same as our core beliefs Core beliefs, which you can find on our website, are what we believe about God, about the Bible, about the Trinity, things that we feel like are essential Christian doctrine. Those are our core beliefs, and we're not gonna budge on those at all. But after our core beliefs is our core values, our identity. I've heard it said that methods are many, sorry, methods are many, principles are few. Methods may change, but principles never do. There's some things that are permanent, and some things that are temporary. There's some some things that uh, I heard a pastor say you hold with a closed fist and some that you hold with an open fist. And these are things that they aren't closed-fisted issues when it comes to being a Christian or not or following Jesus or not. They're open-handed issues, but when it comes to how we're going to operate as a church, we're gonna hold these very close and very seriously and we're gonna live by these. All of these um, have things that come from scripture and we'll spell that out more on our website but today i just want to tell you these 10 core values and then a little description of each of them briefly and then we're going to get into our message today that was a very long introduction thank you for sticking around up until this point so number one is that we are a jesus church We are a Jesus church, meaning that, and here's the core value, we are all about Jesus because he is why we exist. Our church is first and foremost and always and only about one person, and that is Jesus Christ. And we're going to dive deep into that today, into the message. That's first. Secondly, we are creative. We are a creative church. We value creativity because we serve the one who created all things. The God who created the universe lives inside of us. And so we want to be a reflection of him through our creativity. And so we're always going to value that. We are excellent. We are excellent because he, God, is worthy of our very best. We are not excellent for excellence sake, but we're excellent for his sake, because God is worthy of the best that we can do. We are servants. Because we serve the one who is the servant of all, no task is too low because every task is essential. I've heard it said that if service is below you, then leadership is beyond you. We are servants, and we will always take the posture of being servants. We are forward thinkers because God is always doing a new thing. We adapt and innovate. Just when you love Cross and Anchor Church and exactly what it is at one moment in time is probably the moment that it's going to change. Because we're always going to be coming up with new ways to reach people, new ways to do ministry, new ways to connect with people, because we have to, over time, adapt to the new. God is always doing something fresh and unique and different, and we want to join him in that rather than stay in one point in time and get lost in the past. We're forward thinkers. We leave the 99. Because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, there's always room for one more. We are going to structure our church not around reaching people who already know Jesus, although we love those people and we want them to get plugged in and we want them to see everything that God wants to do through their lives, but we're always going to give preference to the one who is lost. Jesus left the 99. He tells the story of the shepherd who leaves the 99 to go after the one and that's gonna be our heart is we're gonna always go after those who have yet to know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. We outdo each other in honor. Because everyone is created in the image of God, we honor all people. We are a church of honor. We honor our leaders, we honor those that we serve with, and we honor those that we serve. We are a culture that outdoes each other in honor. We're almost done. We know our limitations. Because nothing can replace the power of the Holy Spirit, our church advances on its knees. We know that we can't do everything and we're not called to do everything. And when it comes to doing the things that God has called us to do, we know that it's impossible to do it without him. And so we prioritize prayer. We are generous because God so loved the world that he gave. We go above and beyond and give ridiculously. We are generous both in how we give to God and then in how we give as a church to others. And lastly, we don't stop. Because God is relentless in his heart to pursue humanity, we will stop at nothing to reach as many people as possible. We're a Jesus church. This is cross and anchor. This is a house of healing. This is a house of prayer. This is a place of miracles. And I wanted you to know as your pastor that we're starting to put language to this. We're starting to define this. We're starting to make it very clear to understand what does it mean to be a part of Cross and Anchor Church. And with that being said, I would love to invite you to come to our next team night on the Wednesday before Easter. I believe it's March uh, 27th. Look it up and make sure that's the right date because I don't have it in front of me right now. The Wednesday before Easter, we're going to have a special team night to pray for our Easter services, and we want to invite you to join in and be a part of that. We'll be posting more details about that. It will be live streamed if you can't make it in person, but we would love to help you get connected into the life of this church, not just observe it and watch it, but actually engage in it. And then early in April, right after Easter, we're going to be doing our first Next Steps class that we've done in a while. So that for those of you who have been wanting to get on the team and wanting to go to the next level of serving here at the church, you can get involved because there is a space and a place for you at this church and on this team. You know, we, we love people. We want to reach people and it takes people to reach people. Um, but we want to see not just that. We want to see the purpose that God has given you be activated in your life. We want to see you walking in the most fulfilled kind of life that's possible as you discover the purpose God's given you as you serve him and as you serve others. So put those dates on your calendar, the team night right before Easter to pray, and then the next steps class at the beginning of April so that you can get plugged in. And of course, we would love to see you as we celebrate Easter in person at the Garden Theater, 10.30 a.m. in Midtown Detroit, and then at 6 p.m. as well that night. We are gonna party, they're gonna be two different services, and they are going to be fantastic. So, all of that to lead into what is our message today, which is just this. If you're writing notes, if you're taking this down, today's message is just called, Everything is About Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. If you're with somebody watching this, turn to them and say, everything is about Jesus. And if you are at home by yourself, why don't you just type it in the chat and we'll all like it and high five you digitally and make it be awesome. Listen, everything is about Jesus. This is the last message in the house that he builds series. And in some ways we've saved the best for last we've for sure saved the most essential piece of the house that he builds for last. You might ask, what is the church and church in general all about? Or or you might ask specifically, what is our church all about? Well, like being a kid in Sunday school who's asked any question, the appropriate answer is always Jesus. You guessed it, Jesus. There's only one thing that church is about. When you boil it all down, there's only one thing that life is all about. When you boil it all down, it is all about Jesus, Jesus. Now you hear that said a lot like, Oh, it's all about Jesus. You know, it's all about Jesus. What does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? And today I want to explore that. And I want to talk about what it means for our church to be a Jesus church, a church that actually reflects the person of Jesus. See, we want to be at Cross Anchor known primarily for being just about one thing, and that is Jesus. When you put Jesus at the center, everything else falls into place. So if anybody comes up to you and asks you, what is your church all about? You could sum it all up in just that one word, Jesus. He's not a part of our church. He's not a thing that we talk about or even just a person we talk about. He is everything. Everything. And if you don't have time to read the entire Bible or figure out all the in-depth theology that you can, I can just tell you in one word, the whole Bible and all theology, and even all of life is just about Jesus. And as we consider this idea, I want us to look at two different verses today, two different sets of verses that I think will clearly spell this out. Um, Listen, if you have a Bible, then turn it to Ephesians. If not, it's going to come up on the screen. Ephesians, it says this, says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God by the Spirit. In verse 20, it says that Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone of the church. We've been talking about in this series the house that he builds and the pieces that God uses to build his house. And Ephesians takes on that that same idea that same illustration, and it says that the house of God that he's building, his church, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of that house. Now, if you're like me, I don't know what a cornerstone is. Like I've never built something where I've had to have a cornerstone. I'm not really a builder or an architect, or I'm not into construction. If something breaks in our house, it's broken. I'm not going to be able to fix it. Uh, My wife is honestly more handy than I am, Uh, Right now our car has a flat tire and something is scraping along the bottom of the street as we drive and I have no idea what's going on. I, I, I don't know how to fix anything. I do not know what a cornerstone is, so I had to do a little bit of research. But what a cornerstone is, is it's like the first brick, if you will, the first piece of the building that gets put down, and it's the centerpiece of whatever gets built after that. So everything that goes up after that cornerstone is looking to the cornerstone to align itself to. The the cornerstone is the most central piece of the construction. Like without the cornerstone, you don't have a building. Without the cornerstone, you don't know how to build the building. If you take the cornerstone out, everything is going to fall apart and you're not going to be able to build the structure the way it was intended to be built by the one who designed it. And so what Paul is saying in Ephesians, when he says Jesus is the cornerstone, he's saying that Jesus is the most essential piece of the building of the church. Jesus is the foundational piece. He's the piece that you start with. He's the piece that you align everything else to. Jesus is the cornerstone. And so it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. Everything is about Jesus, including Jesus the church. He's kind of the main thing. If you miss him, you miss it all. Listen, when you are asked, what is your church all about? Or what is the church all about? There really isn't options to answer that question. You, you can't say, oh, our church is about, you know, being culturally relevant. Well, that's great. You know, be culturally relevant, but you can't build a church on that. Like you, you can't say, oh, what's your church? Well, our church is about kids ministry. Our, our church is about, the, you know, Great vibes, we've got just such great vibes. There's such great vibes going on in our church. No, have great vibes, have a rocking kids ministry, but you cannot build a church around those things. The church has to be built around the person of Jesus Christ. So listen, what that means is that we have to, every once in a while, or maybe frequently, look at what we're building and ask ourselves this question. Does what we're building resemble Jesus? If Jesus is the cornerstone, then it would make sense that the whole building would take on his appearance, that that it would take on his nature, that it would look like him, that it would feel like him. And and sometimes I, I wonder, as I look around, I wonder, what is it? What is it? that we're truly building on because if it's anything besides Jesus, the building is going to fall apart. Like I I want our church so badly to look and to smell like Jesus. And I I don't mean that we dress in robes and that we smell like people smelled back 2000 years ago in the Middle East. I mean that that when you think about our church, you're like, I don't, you know, I don't know much about God and I don't know much about what it means to follow Jesus, but I think it would look like that. Like, like we would be so full of love. We would be so full of grace and mercy and truth. And, And we would be so full of, of power from God that, that when we speak into people's lives, that, that things change, that, even people are healed and they're set free, that that there would just be something in us that just, it looks and it sounds and it feels like Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone of our church. In the early church, or around that time that the church was just getting started, there was a spy sent in by the Roman government to scope out one of these underground churches because they were illegal at the time. And the spy came back And he reported to his direct officer, and the historian Josephus records this. And when he came back, he told the people that he was spying for, the Roman government, he told them this, he said, these people, they worship this God named Jesus. And they act as if he were there in the room. And then he said, and oh my, how they love him. And oh my, how they love one another. That's the kind of church that I want us to be. Like we worship Jesus as if he was in the room. That we're so passionate in our expression of praise and adoration and worship to him, because guess what, he is in the room. What makes the church the church is Jesus. And it's not the idea of Jesus. It's not the thought of Jesus. It's not mimicking the ways of Jesus. It's the person of Jesus who is alive still today and operating in the church just like he was 2,000 years ago. That's what makes the church the church. And where Jesus is, miracles still happen. And where Jesus is, The truth is still preached and people are still set free and people know what it means to be welcomed and loved and accepted. That's what happened happens when Jesus is the cornerstone. The house that he builds is his house. Not only does he live in it, but it's built on him, which I don't know anybody else who can actually build their house on themselves and then also live in it. But Jesus is unique in that way. So Jesus is the cornerstone. Then listen to this. We're going to go to Colossians now. In Colossians 1 it says, "He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together." Remember that. In him There's a lot to unpack in these verses, and we're just going to focus primarily on one piece of this today. But just understand this, Jesus is a big deal. Everything is actually about Jesus. When the passage says that he's the firstborn over all creation, that doesn't mean that he was the first created being. We actually don't believe that. What we believe is that Jesus is eternal, that he's existed with God forever, that he himself is God, doesn't have a beginning, doesn't have an end, that's, that's what we believe. But what's this saying when it says that he's the firstborn over all creation is that it means that he has the preeminence. The firstborn back in this day would be the one who was given uh, you know, special treatment, would be the one who received the inheritance, it would be the one who kinda led the family in the future. The firstborn was the one who had the authority And the scripture is saying that Jesus has the authority over all creation, that he has the preeminence, that that he is lifted high and above everything else because everything was created by him. Jesus is actually the one who created everything we see. He spoke it into existence. He is the word of God. And as God speaks, Jesus creates and Jesus created everything both visible and invisible. So the things that you can see, and the things that you can't see. The macro and the micro. The wind and the hurricane. The stuff, everything, you can see it, Jesus created it. Whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Everything is about Jesus. Everything. And so it says in these verses that he's the head of the church. So the church is about him. He's the preeminent one. We're here to worship him. We're here to bring attention and glory and worship to him. And then it says that he is the one who holds all things together. Think about that for a second. Jesus like holds everything together. Everything that you see Jesus is somehow holding it all together. The entire universe, Jesus is is holding it all together. He's like the glue that keeps everything from falling apart. Jesus holds it all together. Jesus is holding the universe together. And, And I want you to know today that if Jesus is holding the universe together, then doesn't it make sense that Jesus is holding your life together? that even if you feel like life is falling apart right now, even if you don't know how you can go on another day, even if you are completely clueless as to how you've made it this far, that even in the midst of everything, feeling like it's falling apart, Jesus is still actively right now holding you together. Jesus is the one who can take that weight on himself. He's the only person who can keep everything together. You see, our lives fall apart when we try to keep everything together. The more that we try to control things, the more that we try to get a death grip on the stuff that's happening in our lives, and we try to determine the outcome of our own destiny, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do that, the more that we hold tightly onto those things, the more that we can't handle the weight of it. Jesus holds you together. He's holding you together right now. He's holding your life together right now. And when you come to that point of surrendering and acknowledging that, your life's going to be filled with so much more peace and with so much more joy. Jesus is holding all things together. And if Jesus is holding all things together, that means, guess what? He's holding our church together. As a pastor, you can start to feel like it's all on you. Like, like, how am I going to keep the church going? You know, 2020, this pandemic, we can't even meet in person right now. We're only meeting once a month. How in the world am I going to keep this going? How am I going to connect with every person? How am I going to make sure that the teams get in place so that we can have church services? How how am I going to make sure that we pivot to online and that people are actually watching and, and it can all get pretty overwhelming. And then I look back over 2020 and into 2021 and we're still here and our church is still standing. And God has great things that he wants to do through us in the future. And it's not because I held it all together. In fact, far from it. This year, sometimes I had no idea what was going on. Sometimes I was like, I I don't even know if I wanna keep doing this. It's so hard to keep it all running. And yet somehow Jesus is faithful to hold it all together. Listen, he's holding the universe together He's holding your life together. He's holding our church together. And that's why everything is about Jesus. This passage, it tells us that Jesus really is the one that everything, all of creation is all about, which means that he's kind of at the center, if you will, of the universe. And you know how our solar system, our our galaxy works, right? The Milky Way galaxy, we have the sun. Then we have Mercury, and then we have uh, Venus, and then we have Earth, Mars, I don't remember all these. Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Did I get it right, science people? Tell me. But in the center of our universe is not the Earth. In the center of our solar system, sorry, is not the Earth. The Earth is one planet, that is pulled in by the gravitational weight of this star in the center called the sun. And all of these planets, they find their orbit as they continue to go around and be pulled into the gravitational force of the sun. And when the sun's at the center, then everything else operates how it should. But if you were to put any other thing in the center, the entire galaxy would fall apart because no other planet, no other star is able to hold the weight of it all on its shoulders. And so we've talked about how everything is about Jesus and Jesus is at the center of the universe and at the, Jesus at the center of the church. But my question in closing today is just this. Is Jesus at the center of your life? Like, is your life orbiting around the person of Jesus. Is he at the center of how you're living? Is he at the center of how you're thinking? Is he at the center of your decision making? Is he at the center? Is he the one who is the ruler and the king of your life? Or are you trying to make it about something else? Maybe you're trying to make it about yourself or you're trying to make it about your paycheck, or you're trying to make it about your career, or you're trying to make it about that person that you love. And you're just like, I can't imagine if they weren't around, how would I live without them? And listen, none of those things can hold the weight that is needed for your life to maintain the proper orbit. Anything else at the center of your life is going to cause everything else in your life to fall apart and to not work how it should. And so I'm just asking you as we close today is, are you willing to make Jesus the center of your life? I mean, it's great that he is the center of everything. That's just the truth. That's just how things work. But yet there's this one space inside of us, our heart, where we have to make the choice that we're going to put Jesus at the center of that in order to our, for our lives to maintain the proper orbit and rhythm and understand the freedom that God wants to give us. So as we close today in this message, I just wanna invite you into that. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you've been saying, I don't wanna follow God. Maybe you're struggling with something or you know that that you have sin in your life. You know that you have things that that are wrong and you maybe don't wanna give them up or you just don't know if you can actually be forgiven of those things. And the truth of it is, is that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he forgave everything. That's why these verses end like this that we just read. They say this, For God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Peace with God was made possible for you by accepting Jesus and making him the Lord of your life. So if you want to do that today, I just want to lead you in a prayer. All that it means to follow Jesus is it means turning from your sin. It's called repentance and turning to Jesus. Repentance can also just mean a change of mind. So it's like, OK, I used to love this stuff and I lived for these things and my life was all about them to like, I'm going to let go of that and I'm going to reorient my life around Jesus. I, I, I'm going to see those things differently, that Jesus is actually good and the best and that sin is just destroying my life and is the worst. And so if you'll turn to Jesus in faith, he'll forgive you, he'll give you a brand new start. And this can be the first day of you experiencing what it means to have eternal life. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now if you want to do that. If you're watching online, just pause for a second. Maybe if you can, maybe you're driving in a car or you have something else going on. But as soon as you can, just take a moment and just pause. And then what I want you to do is I want you to pray something like this to God. You can make the words your own, but just say something to God like this. God, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I realize that you love me and that you gave your life for me. And I turn from my sin and I walk into forgiveness and freedom with you. You can have my life. Fill me with your spirit and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, that is the first step in what is a brand new life and journey for you. And we are so thrilled for you. So here's what I want you to do. If you're watching on Facebook or Instagram, maybe you're watching this after the fact on YouTube, I would love for you to just take a second right now and just let us know that you made that decision. There's going to be a connect card that pops up in the chat. Click that link, fill out that information, and we will respond immediately. We just want to encourage you we have a free gift we want to send you to just help you in this new relationship that you're starting with god if you're watching on instagram i think you can type the word new in the comments and we'll make sure to get that information to you you can even just hit the hand emoji or say yes i made that decision today and everybody who is watching will cheer you on but if you want it to be a little bit more private you can just fill out that connect card and we will respond to you personally hey we love you so much i'm so excited for next weekend we're gonna have a couple of special messages as we head into what is called Holy Week. Palm Sunday into Easter Sunday. It's gonna be really special. Hope to see you in person at our Easter services. Make sure to RSVP for those um, because we do have limited seating. We have plenty of room, but we have to be careful with uh, you know space precautions and all that stuff. So follow the link in the chat. And uh, I'm really, really, really excited about where we're gonna be after Easter. Um, We're going to be giving you more information about that very soon because we are going to be back meeting together again in person. But love you so much, church, and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Cross and Anchor podcast from Detroit, Michigan. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and share this with others. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. And let's live our lives on purpose this week.